there are times in our lives where consumer protection becomes more important. Like when Republicans happen to be running the government, for example. That's a really important time. And so I'm glad that one of our friends here on the show, one of our regular friends, is Jamie Court. C-O-U-R-T, the spelling, consumerwatchdog.org is the organization. And I trust you've noticed that we have very few interviews on this show. But when I conceived this show way back in the day, I said consumer protection is really, really important. And Jamie Court is about as good as you get. And Consumer Watchdog is about as good as you get. Been fans of theirs for a long time. Check out consumerwatchdog.org online. And Jamie... Thanks for coming back. We've got so many topics we could talk about, but we're going to start with oil and Keystone XL. But thanks so much for coming back on the Norman Goldman Show. Oh, it's always my pleasure to be here. I feel like I'm at home. Well, Jamie, and, and you are at home because you've been with us right from the start, and 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 it seems like so has the Keystone XL. It's, <laughs> Jamie, you sure. and I spoke about Keystone XL years ago, years ago, and we thought it was over when President Obama put a dagger in it in 2015. Barbara Boxer, the senator from California who just retired on her way out, gave some exit interviews, and the thing that she said that, that I noted was she said, the one thing I've learned in all my years in politics is no victory is permanent. And Jamie, that one has stuck with me. And so everybody relitigates everything and nothing is ever permanent. And so now we're back with Keystone XL. The new occupant of the White House signed an executive order this week attempting to revive Keystone XL and the Dakota Access Pipeline. But Jamie, Consumer Watchdog knows the Keystone XL Pipeline very well, the economic impact and all the rest. Why was this a bad project, and why was it right for the president, uh, the real president, to put a dagger in the thing? Well, look, this is about getting uh, really uh, dirty, uh, cheap crude out of Canada, tar sands oil, and taking it where it now goes through the Midwest, by the way, because there is a pipeline, Keystone, that goes through the Midwest, and extending it, hence XL, extending the pipeline all the way down to the Gulf Coast, and that's what's being debated. The pipeline now carries cheap crude to Midwest refineries that make gasoline. And that's important because Midwest uh, refineries, particularly in Chicago and Illinois, you know, do experience price spikes in gasoline. And, 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 and it, it's not the cheap gas you'll find on the, uh, on the East Coast or the Gulf Coast. So the idea is to get the oil out of Canada and get it down to the Gulf so it can go to Asia. And this is something that TransCanada, who conceived this pipeline, as well as the investors in TransCanada, which are all American oil companies and Exxon and its subsidiary, by the way, who supplied us also with the uh, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, uh, are interested in because they try to move this cheap crude oil to the Pacific coast of Canada, and the Canadians said, no, we're not going to let you do that. It's dangerous, it's dirty, and why are we going to do that? And it's all about getting a, a market uh, tidewater, they call it, for an Asian market, which means that if you're in the Midwest and you are now getting Canadian crude and it's running your refinery, that crude's suddenly not going to be so cheap. It's going to cost more because the choices aren't just going in the Midwest, which is the only place the pipeline now runs. It's going to be going to Asia. And in fact, there's a big market in Asia because it's dirty, burning crude, and it, you know, it, you know, for for cheap gasoline, which and there, aren't, there aren't the type of environmental standards in Asia and other countries as we have here, uh, that crude uh, works a lot better. So we're going to see uh, if if this happens, a big bump in the gas prices in the Midwest. Uh, it, and, and I don't know exactly what it would be, but in th 2013 we said that Midwest drivers would pay 20 to 40 cents more at the pump if the pipeline were built. Uh, and that's 
you know, it all depends upon what, you know, what the, the what a barrel of Canadian crude oil costs, but this is going to accelerate the price of Canadian crude oil, which is why uh, all these big oil companies in TransCanada want to move the crude to the Gulf to get it out of the United States or to feed the Gulf refineries. So in the Midwest, where the president has just you know won based on economic populism, if this Keystone XL pipeline is built, it's going to raise the price of gasoline. Also, at the time, we looked at uh, whether there were actually going to be jobs from this pipeline, and based on the deal in 2013, the answer was no. Uh, our research director, Judy Dugan, found very few jobs. I think the only jobs anyone could really ascertain were a few hundred jobs uh, on, the, on, on the laying of the pipe in the pipeline. Uh, the president came up with some crazy number, 28,000 jobs. I don't know if he thinks that's going to happen. Maybe it's to manufacture the steel they're going to use in the pipeline, but I'm sure TransCanada doesn't want to use U.S. steel. And I know they didn't have any idea that they were going to have to supply U.S. jobs. But the one aspect that remains the same, even if that were true, is that in addition to the environmental hazards it poses, we're going to see higher gas prices in the Midwest, which, which which certainly doesn't need them. Well, Jamie, this is a revival of a proposal that may or may not happen. And since Consumer Watchdog is so good at opposing things, I remember when you were following the Google executives around on, on Capitol Hill to show how they're following people around. I mean, Consumer Watchdog has been really good at kind of bringing publicity and showing people through kind of media events. I don't want to call them stunts, but, you know, just kind of colorful events and ways of drawing attention to an issue. It seems to me that is exactly what's needed here and now with Keystone XL and also with that Dakota Access Pipeline. What can citizen activists do to kind of use your consumerwatchdog.org style to illustrate why this is really something that should remain dead? Well, I mean, I think that uh, certainly a Keystone cop element to this whole uh, uh, executive order reviving Keystone, and and I, I certainly think people should go to our website, and they can certainly send a message to, um, if not the, just the president, but also the members of uh, their congressional uh, delegation uh, who represent them and to the senators. We have an action on our front page that they don't want to support politicians who accept oil money. Uh, it's something we've been we've done with the California Democratic Party, got them to stop taking oil money. And the reality is, if politicians don't take oil money, they're not going to be approving oil pipelines. Because if you look at what oil pipelines do, they impose, you know, they, they ruin landscape, they create environmental dangers, and uh, in this case, they're going to drive up the price of gas. So that's one thing people can do, is they can uh, they can spread on their mobile devices, they can spread uh, from consumerwatchdog.org uh, an action to tell their representatives, we don't want you taking oil money, we don't want you involved in the approval of the Keystone Pipeline. I think the next step really is, um, you know, what any local citizens' own congressional representatives and senators do, and whether they support these types of actions and educating them. The next, uh, I think, movement, you know, in the fighting Trump era uh, really has to be making our local space wherever you live into an example. You know, in California, we're talking about the Golden State example, which is why we've gotten the California Democratic Party to say we're not taking oil company money, we're trying to get every politician in the state to do it. But wherever your listeners live, uh, and maybe it's in the Midwest, they can stand up and say, you know, we can't control the White House, we can't necessarily control Congress, but we can control our own little slice of earth. 
And if it's a local city council, if it's a town, uh, you can pass a resolution through your city council to say we oppose the Keystone XL pipeline and show the populist president that it's not popular. And that's what we really need to do. We need to take back populism. Uh, it has to be about economic populism. It has to be progressive populism. It has to be pocketbook populism. But it has to be a demonstration, as we saw at the Women's March or what we saw in the Dakota pipeline, of people standing up against, uh, including uh, you know, the Native American tribes, who is going to ruin their land in the case of Dakota, standing up against oil companies, against armies, because those, that type of imagery is what wins battles. And if you're a narcissistic president who claims to be a populist, uh, you shouldn't be building pipelines for ExxonMobil to make a lot of money in Asia. And we have to demonstrate that in every way we can. We're talking to Jamie Court. He is the president of Consumer Watchdog. You can find Jamie Court at consumerwatchdog.org. And they're doing great consumer work over there. We need them more than ever now. And here's another example. A giant health insurance company, Aetna, wanted to merge with another giant health insurance company, Humana, in a $37 billion deal. The Obama administration, Justice Department, said that's anti-competitive. There's not enough companies in the market already. The two of you merging is going to lessen competition dramatically in lots of counties, lots of states. Aetna threatened the Department of Justice and the Obama administration saying, if if you don't approve our merger, we will pull out of a bunch of the uh, Obamacare exchanges and wreck Obamacare in states. And this case went to trial. The, the Obama administration said we're not giving in to extortion. Went to trial. A George W. Bush appointed federal judge, now now semi-retired, after, after a long trial, issued a long ruling saying, yeah, it's true. Aetna threatened the United States government. The United States government called their bluff, and they did. They went and pulled out of these markets, not for economic reasons, but leaving all that aside, it really is anti-competitive. And so the, the merger has now been stopped by a federal judge. Now, Aetna is going to appeal this, and I anticipate the new administration is going to come in and change legal sides in this case on appeal and say, hey, reverse this case, send it back because we want to approve this. Jamie, is am, am I being paranoid? Is this a far-fetched thing, or is this something we should keep an eye on, or is this merger dead? Well, it's, it's dead for the moment, you know, and it's interesting because we oppose the merger as well. And... Uh, had urged the uh, Justice Department to do the same, but the Justice Department is the reason it's dead. And, of course, the hands of the Justice Department are changing. I think everything's changing so quickly in health insurance, it's hard to know what's going to happen next. Uh, but I That's think a great point. That's a great point. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know if Aetna wants it. Uh, you know anymore, frankly. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't know how you how you gauge the healthcare landscape until we know what the rules of the game are so there you go jamie that's a fantastic point there's so and look at the irony that you just highlighted the republicans have brought incredible amounts of instability to the market and now even these companies don't know where, where to go yeah and, and we've we've seen this with you know individuals too unfortunately people are very scared and and they should be scared if uh, they have individual policies and their employer's not paying about what type of coverage they're going to get Again, we have some actions at our website at consumerwatchdog.org people can take to tell Congress, don't turn back the clock. We don't want to go back to the days of junk insurance and insecurity. 
it's very real. We had a person uh, contact us recently, helped with some media on a, on a case where they they were sold an insurance policy that basically covered uh, almost nothing. You know, it covered a couple hundred dollars for um, per day for hospitals. It covered uh, very few doctors. And it wasn't supposed to be sold. It's actually an illegal policy today, which is why we can help them um, as insurance. It was marketed as insurance, and that was what was illegal when it was, in fact, like a gap policy. And someone was deceived, and they'll probably have a pretty good case in court. But if the laws change, as the president articulated during the campaign, and we remove state laws, state lines, he calls it, and do what we, they used to call association health plans, go to this federal pool with little standards, these type of policies will be allowed again, where there are no out-of-pocket maximums, uh, where you you know, you could have to pay an awful lot before insurance kicks in, and maybe insurance doesn't even pay uh, more than a couple hundred dollars a day if you get stuck in a hospital, which would leave people bankrupt pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. It's not real insurance. And so I'm worried about the whole system. And ironically, I think the ethnics of the world are thinking, uh, you know, we're selling a pretty good product, and we're charging a pretty good price, and we're guaranteed a pretty good market. I don't know. I don't know what the world's going to be if if, no. if there's no guarantee we have a market, if we don't have to sell a pretty good product. And, uh, <laughs> Jamie, uh, it's, I, I mean, uh, it's it insanity. Feels, you know, there's sort of common empathy at the moment. Well, it's it's, uh, we're all in, in, in uncertainty land, and Jamie, I've got to leave it there, but market uncertainty is not good for anybody. Jamie, I always appreciate you being on the consumer side and being with us every week. Check out Jamie Court at consumerwatchdog.org. And Jamie, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Norm. It's great to talk to you.